Hey, video game fans, I'm Ben Bertoli. And I'm Push Dustin. And this is Memory Card. Hey, Ben, I got a question for you. Hit me. Do you like riddles? Uh, yes, absolutely. I actually, I know the answer to tons of different riddles. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, you've been like, what, studying them or something? Like, you just go home and like... Well, I'm a teacher, and we have oh. this thing called Riddle Friday, where I, I put riddles on the board, and the kids try and figure them out. So I've looked, I've researched into them more than you know. Well, I actually have a new riddle for you. This is one that I created especially for the show. Oh, wow. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to imagine that you're next to a long river that you know, goes on for miles, and you have this tiny boat... Uh, so you can't really just like walk across it. You gotta, you know, you gotta take the boat across it. Okay. But you have three animals. You have a chicken, a tiger, and a platypus. And the boat can only fit two animals at a time because you have like the straps or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can't put the chicken and tiger together because the tiger would actually eat the chicken. And you can't have the tiger and the platypus together. Because the tiger would eat the platypus. No, 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 no. It's just the platypus just creeps out the tiger. It's, it's, a, it's a really weird animal. I feel like this is going to take me longer than you might anticipate to solve. So maybe we should just get things rolling. All right. Okay. I'm not too familiar with the puzzle genre, so I had, I had to do a lot of extra research for this episode. But, uh, Ben, before we begin, do you like puzzles? Do you actually like puzzle games? Yes, I actually do like puzzle games. I'm, I'm a big fan. Okay, what's your favorite one? You know, I think I brought this up on the last episode when we talked about Game Boy games, but I really like Tetris Attack for the Game Boy. Oh, yeah, you did, yeah. And in just normal, actual Tetris, because Tetris Attack has nothing to do with normal Tetris. That's definitely a favorite. Yeah. I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite games that I grew up with, and that's Chips Challenge. Chips Challenge. Chips Challenge. I think I, I, think I saw that one on TikTok. It's where you try and put as many Cool Ranch Doritos in your mouth <laughs> as you can at once. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, no. No, not that. It's a top-down tile-based puzzle game that has a lot of diehard fans all over the, wor the world. And the genre that it actually falls under is called Sokoban. Have you ever heard of uh, Sokoban before? No, not really. So tile-based as in like you're moving from tile to tile? Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's, it's like an overhead perspective usually. And so uh, Sokoban literally means warehouse keeper. And it refers to a game that was actually made in 1981 by Hiroyuki Imabayashi. And it was published in 1982 by Thinking Rabbit. So in the game, you had to like kind of move boxes out of the way in order to get to the goal. Oh, so it's like a literal warehouse keeper. Yeah, so the first one was a literal warehouse keeper, but the success of that game kind of um, inspired other game creators to create other puzzle games with similar concepts. So is the whole point that you're, you're getting to the end of this puzzle or the fact that you're pushing specific things into certain places? Usually it's like um, you have like things that you have to either push or you have to open. In the case of Chips Challenge, you, ha you have different color keys. That open different colored doors but it's all about you getting to the end right yeah exactly it's about you getting to the end usually you have to collect things or unlock certain things in order to get to the end interesting yeah chip challenge was originally released in 1989 for the atari Lynx. 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 it's a cat the atari Lynx as a launch title huh so it was actually published by atari or originally 
And the Atari Lynx is the handheld one? Yeah, it's the handheld one. And it was one of the only puzzle games for the system when it came out. I think we talked about the Lynx when we talked about the weird special edition consoles in the first season. There was the one that was sponsored by Marlboro. Mm. It's like the cigarette <laughs> version. <laughs> that's all that's all I know the Lynx for is promoting smoking. So this will be this will this will shine a, a positive light on on the brand. So uh the company that developed it was actually called Epix, E P Y X. Epix. And they they've done like a ton of games for Atari over the years. They did like uh, some of the Olympic games hmm. and like sports titles. Uh, one of the more popular ones was called California Games. Oh, where you would like skateboard, play hacky sacks, or, you know, you know things that you do in California. <laughs> I think I might actually own that game. <laughs> oh, really? I-, I can picture the the front of the like the box art for it. It's, I think it's pretty radical if it's the one I'm thinking of. So that was probably like one of the more successful games because it actually spawned a sequel, California Whoa. Games 2. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> more more California games. No way. But uh, Chip's Challenge was kind of unique because, well, like with a lot of their games, they just ended up porting it to a whole bunch of systems. Hmm. And they uh, ported it to the uh, MS-DOS system, which is like pre-Windows. Right. It's like a personal computer. Yeah. And then eventually it made its way to Windows 3.1 where it was included in the Microsoft Entertainment Pack Volume 4. Oh. Now, is that something that was, like, built into all the computers when you got them, or you had to actually purchase it? Initially, like, what would happen is that computer manufacturers, like uh, the like Hewlett-Packard, companies that make computers, they would sometimes purchase these entertainment packs, so that way they could bundle them with, the, with their computers as an extra value. Oh. I didn't know if it was like Solitaire or like that pinball space game that was on like every single computer. So yeah, Solitaire and, and pinball, those were like included in the operating system, but games like Chips Challenge were not. Okay. So it was like a, an add-on, but a lot of people probably have experience with it because it was attached to bundles. Yeah, exactly. And later it was released in the Best of Microsoft Entertainment Pack in 1993 which includes a lot of cult classics like Ski Free, like a different Free Cell and stuff like that. What about Minesweeper? Actually, uh, Minesweeper was part of Microsoft Entertainment Pack 1 in 1990. And then it eventually became like a standard install, I think. Oh, okay. So they started porting the Chip Challenge to a lot of other systems. And when they were porting it, they actually changed quite a bit of it. I think there's like three, three or four main styles of Chip Challenge. And they kind of look like really different. They have different levels of graphics and animations and stuff like that, different sounds even. But the basic story is the same. And um, I have right here the the help file that was distributed with the entertainment pack for Chip's Challenge uh, that explains the actual story of the game. I didn't even think there was going to be a story. But please tell me, who is Chip? I need to know this now. So Chip is willing to do anything for Melinda the Mental Marvel more than anything, because he wants to join Melinda's exclusive computer club, the Bitbusters. <laughs> Finally, Melinda has offered him membership, but on one condition. Chip must find his way from one end of Melinda's magical clubhouse to the other, picking up cosmic computer chips along the way. If that sounds easy, then you've never been to Melinda's magical clubhouse. <laughs> it's awesome inside, but tricky and a little scary too. There are teleports, invisible walls, force fields, water traps, locked doors, and plenty of monsters. 
There's magic, mystery, and behind the scenes there's Melinda, keeping score on your progress and providing helpful hints. As you succeed in helping Chip move through each level of the clubhouse, Melinda gives you a secret password that allows you to return to that level. And Melinda was, uh, rewards perseverance. If she thinks Chip has tried long enough and hard enough on the level, she'll let him sneak up through to the next level. But it takes a lot more than perseverance to impress her. How big is the clubhouse? 144 levels is a rumor. But some claim that Melinda is still building. <laughs> in any case, it defies dimension, so don't get lost. So yeah, Chip just basically wants to get in with, like, Melinda. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to say, is he, is he trying to date her, or is he trying to get into this club, or, or both? So I think in, in the original game, in the Atari Lynx version, um, he actually wanted to date Melinda. But then they kind of t- toned it down for the subsequent releases, where they're just like, ah, actually, mm-hmm. he's just trying to get through the puzzle house to, and join the club. I love that name, though, the Bitbusters. I don't know about you, but this is exactly how I met my wife. Yeah, you, you had to impress her like by solving... Yeah, like a mansion a full of, of tricky yeah. puzzles that had monsters yeah. and magic and portals and things. Yeah, exactly. The kids these days, they don't really... Yeah, they don't get it. They don't with their it. online dating, there's no magic, literally. There's no magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lordy. Well, that is quite the backstory for Chip. Is he just is he just a normal looking guy? Does he look cool at all? Does he have like a jetpack or a, a flamethrower or anything? It depends on the on the version is what he looks like. Hmm. The most famous version is the one that was released in the entertainment pack. And that one has probably the worst looking version <laughs> of them. Like the animations are super choppy and the sound is awful, but that's the one that people love. I mean, sometimes things being super terrible is what makes them endearing to you as a child especially you know you look back and you say oh man so yeah he just looks like a average nerd well that's good right because he's solving puzzles he needs to be smart yeah he needs to be smart and you you are smart for helping him solve these puzzles so the original designer of the of these games is a person named chuck somerville and he designed one third of the puzzles and another third of the puzzles was designed by someone named bill dara who is a professional puzzle designer and then the last one-third was developed by the, the team and the programmers and the playtesters. So Melinda didn't make any of these? No, in, in real life, Melinda, sorry. It's all a ruse. Behind the scenes, uh, the company behind this, Epics, they were having a lot of financial difficulties. So they, um, they had a contract with Atari to, to make some games, and they're starting to fall behind on, on their contract obligations. Hmm. So in 1987, Epics, they faced a bunch of copyright infringement lawsuits from data east because uh epics they made a game for the commodore 64 which is called world karate championship data east said that it looked too much like their 1984 karate champ and eventually that court case was thrown out and the court said a 17 and a half year old boy could clearly see the difference between the elements of each game so they're not actually subject to copyright after that and then also um they were trying to make games for the nes the NES was, was selling like like hotcakes, but Epics didn't really like Nintendo's strict rules mm-hmm. and didn't like their license policy. So they tried to actually port Chip's Challenge to the NES, but it ended up being canceled. Did they ever come out with any games on the NES? Because I feel like that's where I know California Games from. Yeah, California Games was eventually released for the NES. That makes sense. Because I've never seen the like Atari Lynx version or the any kind of Atari version of that. I just know the NES version. 
Hey listeners, we're putting this episode on pause for a moment to talk about supporting Memory Card via Patreon. If you're hearing this, you're probably not one of our patrons. How do we know? It's because all patrons enjoy ad-free episodes. Other perks include shoutouts, early access to episodes and bonus content, and even the chance to come on the show. If you enjoy Memory Card, we hope you consider pledging even a dollar or two, or three, or four, you know, just, just even a little bit helps. For more information, head to patreon.com slash memcard. And now, back to the show. Where'd I put that controller? So, Epix was facing a ton of financial difficulties, but they kept on porting their games to other systems and licensed them out. And then, eventually, Epix just goes bankrupt. Oh, no. And a lot of their titles were sold to a company called Bridgestone Multimedia Group, who is a Christian group. Oh. Uh, they, have, they formally didn't have any ties to the video game industry, but they were interested in Epics because they um, apparently Epics made a Christian Bible game, and so they 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 wanted to secure the rights for that. So they just kind of bought their whole catalog, or just a select few. Yeah, I mean, usually like when companies fall apart like that, they they sell all the rights and everything like that, and they're just kind of bought in bundles. Hmm. During that time between Epics failing and being released on Windows, Chips Challenge starts gaining more and more popularity um, because it's it's included in the, in the entertainment pack. It's one of the, the few games that can be played for long hours at a time. So it starts developing a really hardcore fan base. And the creator, uh, Chuck Somerville, he wants to work on Chips Challenge 2. So he approaches the, the Bridgestone multi- Multimedia Group and asks, like, hey, can I, can I develop another title? And Bridgestone Multimedia Group, they said, only if you pay us a huge amount of money up front. I thought they were going to say, like, only if you make it, like, starring Jesus or something like that. <laughs> no, because uh, I think, like, eventually, like, Bridgestone noticed that they had acquired uh, a wealthy, uh, lucrative IP. And so they were asking for a huge amount of money. Um, Chuck never said how much, but he said it was unreasonable. Mm. And so Chuck, for a long time, Chuck Somerville actually had finished Chip's Challenge 2, but wasn't able to release it because of legal issues. He should have just changed the name, Rick's Challenge 2. So that's what he, he tried doing. So he initially tried to create this game called Puzzle Studio, which it has like a different graphic sound and source code. And then at the same time, fans were developing a game called Tile World. So you have those kind of going on at the same time. Puzzle Studio falls apart. Then he starts working on a game called Chuck's Challenge 3D, which was actually released in 2014. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it includes 150 levels that are completely original. Is it 3D, just like 3D environments? Yeah, and it has like an original character. Uh, it's like a pink, uh, sorry, it's like a purple imp. Gotcha. But eventually, Bridgestone Multimedia Group was able to reach an agreement with Chuck Somerville. And so Chips Challenge 2 officially gets released? Chips Challenge 2 officially gets released on Steam along with the original uh, Chips Challenge 1. And how many years after it had actually been completed did it get released? So it was released in 2015. So it was over a decade. Wow. Between the, develop- the, the end of development and the actual release? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. They allowed players to change the style of Chips Challenge 2 to be like the old entertainment pack version that's fun summer summer actually made uh during this time summer actually made a company called niffler and he works on a bunch of uh, puzzle games 
including one for Cartoon Network hmm. for the Ben 10 series. Oh, cool. That, that's a show about me. Yeah, 10 of you, actually. Yes. It's my favorite sitcom. And then um, the game that I mentioned before, Chuck's Challenge 3D, mm-hmm. that was actually funded through Kickstarter. And it was a launch title for the NVIDIA Shield. I guess since we started with the Atari Lynx, I kept picturing all of this being like way further back than it was. Ah, uh, yeah. So what was the original Chips Challenge was released in what year? I think I said uh, 1989. And then the second one didn't come out till 2015? Yeah. That's crazy. And like between that time, you had like a whole company uh, be started. Chuck Somerville is, is still working on puzzles. He, I think he's still working on Chuck's Challenge 3D. And we eventually did get a Chips Challenge too. Amazing. Now there's a Chuck's Challenge 3D. Is there a Chips Challenge 3 in the works? Does Bridgestone Media still own the, the rights to Chips Challenge? Bridgestone Multimedia Group, they still own the rights to Chips Challenge. So, of course, they would be responsible for any ports or um, sequels. But right now, I think Chuck Somerville is just working hmm. on that Chuck's Challenge with his company. 4D. This time, you're going to have to use smell to figure out the problems. Actually, uh, he was working on a physical board. Really? Something called a holographic AR Tilt 5 right now. And that was just announced in February 2019. That sounds like the most futuristic thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> so it's basically Chuck's Challenge 3D, but he's calling it Chuck's Challenge 3D 2020. <laughs> and it has um, a little bit better graphics, a redesigned graphic user interface, and tighter gameplay. He's using a system called uh, the Holographic AR Tilt 5, which is basically a wand that allows players to interact with a game board. So this is like a physical like thing that's going to be in front of you. It will appear in front of you, yeah. So do you have to use some kind of like special like virtual reality goggles and stuff like that? Yeah, it's the it's called the Tilt Five. Oh, that's the name of it. Which um uh is like a thing that is used with a lot of tabletop games. Hmm. So you put on these glasses, and it shows you the board on a table, and then you can like I said, you can use like this wand like device to interact. And sometimes you can use cards, figures, and stuff like that, and it'll all work together. Well, that sounds awesome. You know, I somehow this flew under my radar for my entire life, but I'm interested now in this AR <laughs> gamescape that he's creating. Yeah, um, I, I don't play a lot of tabletop games, but I'm really interested in this Tilt 5 and seeing like how it can uh, progress in the future. Yeah, I do play a lot of tabletop games, so I don't know how, once again, I missed this. I, I guess I need to pay attention more to uh, all the cool stuff that's coming out. All right, well, I think that basically wraps up our show today. Wow, what a puzzle. What a puzzle. So, um, about that platypus. Yep. What's, what's going on with him? That's all for now. Thanks for listening. Our intro and outro music was crafted by the talented chiptune composer Jamatar. You can find more of his banging beats by searching Jamatar, that's J-A-M-A-T-A-R, on Spotify or visiting Jamatar.com. If you have any feedback on the podcast or would like to recommend a topic, feel free to reach out to us via Twitter, at MemCardShow. Or you can visit our website, MemoryCardShow.com. If you'd like to follow Ben and I, we can be found on Twitter, at Super Bentendo and Push Dustin, respectively. Have you considered supporting Memory Card on Patreon? If not, we hope you will. 
currently we're supported by quite a few awesome people, including Jackson Bertoli, Taylor Bias, Cody Sam, Michael Strickland, Tyler Davis, Courtney Cotton, and Harrison. All of our Patreon info can be found on the support section of our website or on patreon.com slash memcard. We'll be back real soon with some more gaming history goodness, so be sure to subscribe and leave a review if you enjoy the show. We'll see you soon.